going to start the show with Biden. Seems like he leads the pack. You're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey, folks. Guess you heard this morning. I tested positive for COVID. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Dr. Fauci says he has COVID again. If you've done the right thing and gotten vaccinated, you deserve the freedom to be safe from COVID-19. And this morning, I learned, I I tested positive for COVID. Now, folks, I don't know if these people have actually uh, uh, tested positive for COVID. I don't know if they actually ever got the vaccine. I don't know anything. Um, but I know that whatever they said publicly, they lied about. So anyway, welcome to GAMCAST for uh, July 26. 2022 it is a sunny and also cloudy day and i mean it literally was sunny when i started i hit i hit go live so anyway i uh, hope you have good weather where you are again another slow news day so we're going to talk about some new uh mike Penn's news out there some uh leak some some leaks have been made to cnn about the supreme court leak going to cover that we're going to talk about kamala uh some uh, more draining from the so-called strategic Oil reserve, basically, uh, it's a slow news day. A lot of things I want to talk about, and um, so without further ado, we'll get to that. So, um, thought I'd start off the show today. That actually uh, was uh, yesterday, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but yesterday would have been the anniversary of people making those announcements. But I just want to remind you folks what our government is saying and the things that they are telling us that are just simply not true. I don't know what's not true because I understand what a false flag is. I understand that. Uh, those people may have, uh, you know, you may have seen them take a shot, but that's all you saw. And you don't know what was in the shot. And even if you saw a doctor draw draw the, um, you know, the medicine or the vaccine from a vial, you don't know what was in the vial. And even if you saw somebody, the vial come off the assembly line of a plant that makes vaccines, you don't know that that, was, that bottle wasn't put in there, folks. You don't know. And until you accept that, right, and this is one of the first things they do in law school, they bring you in, they try to get you, I remember, uh, I think it was Torts or who it was, but they gave an example of a, of a couple leaving a house and hugging and kissing and then getting in separate cars and driving off. And they said, what is this, you know, what, who, are, who are these people? And I mean, even in law school, like 90% of the class was like, um, they're either boyfriend, girlfriend, or they're married. And I was the only one sitting there thinking like, you don't know that. I mean, that could be brother and sister. Not even in a kinky way. Just, you know, families are different. Like, you don't know what... You have no idea. You just saw... But most humans, your brain just sees something, comes to a conclusion, and study after study after study have proven that once your brain comes to a conclusion, it's almost impossible for most people to change it. Even if I came forward and showed you the DNA evidence and the birth certificates and everything that said they were brothers and sisters and asked you to remember the kiss and it was really just a peck and some you know, some family, anyway, whatever. You get the idea. Um, so, folks, I, obviously I'm not wired that way. Um, a, I don't come to a conclusion very easily. B, once I come to a conclusion, I can be talked out of it pretty quickly um, if you give me the evidence. And, and, folks, frankly, part of the reason I've told you before that I actually got the uh, vaccine in the first place um, really was my girlfriend's decision more so than mine, and she kind of fooled me. I didn't think she's going to be able to get it that quick. I just didn't think. I said, if you give me the daggum appointment, I'll do it. You know, And I was thinking it's going to buy me another six weeks, two months or something, and daggum, she didn't get it within a couple of days. So deal's a deal. Anyway, I was sort of on the fence because I figured, you know, I work out a lot. And by the way, folks, speaking of working out, I am still have this daggum cold. I, I, I'm a lot better, as you can hear. My voice is better, still a little bit off. Uh, I still have a little bit of congestion. The cough is gone, but the fatigue just stays. Like I go, 
and I'm fine for about 30, 40 minutes, and then I just get really fatigued. And then, anyway, so uh, hopefully I'll be over this in a couple of days, but um, the show must go on, as they say. But um, anyway, um, I was on sort of the fence because I work out a lot. I'm not that old. I'm, you know, I'm overweight, but I'm reasonably in good health. And so I felt like, you know, if I get the daggum thing, I, I would survive it. Plus, I'm a child of a doctor, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you grow up the child of a doctor that rest and fluids won't fix. So I was sort of on the fence of getting it. But then I was like, hey, you know, they're saying this thing, if you get it, you won't get it. And I wasn't worried about getting it. But then, you know, the real, the real thing for me, folks, was they were saying, well, you wouldn't spread it to others. And so, you know, like anybody else, I thought, well, you know, that's kind of a good thing, I guess, you know. And um, now looking back, I mean, we, we just, <laughs> we got fooled. I know I did, and um, so anyway, it's important for us to remember that and just acknowledge it and move on. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. We're going to have to deal with it, but um, so anyway, some others, basically, I've got a hodgepodge of things I want to cover today. It's a slow news day, and there's a hodgepodge of things out there that are coming out here and there, so um, Mike Pence is out there speaking at one of these groups. There's a lot of groups going on right now where people are getting together to raise money and support different candidates, and so this is from our friend uh, Jack Posobiec out there. And uh, he tweeted this earlier today, I believe this morning. Here is Mike Pence, January 4th, 2021. Uh, for those of you in Rio Linda, that is two days before January 6th, right? And I want you to listen to what Mike Pence said. He was speaking in Georgia, as you'll know. There was an election, I believe, the next day, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe that the 6th, that doesn't matter. There was an election for two Senate seats in Georgia at that time, folks. And the Republican Party was a little divided over all this Trump and election stuff. You, you remember, you remember. Um, and uh, anyway, you now know what people say about election irregularities and the whole thing about Mike Pence. But anyway, listen to what he has to say to the crowd in Georgia. It's important, I think. I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday... We'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. So for our faith, for our freedom, we need you to vote, Georgia. Vote to send. Anyway, so um, we know how that turned out. Um, again, uh, not well for the country because by the fact that the uh, Democrats took those seats, that took them from 48 to 50, and of course Kamala breaks the tie. So they've been able to get all kinds of things through, folks. And I'm not even talking about the Supreme Court justice because I, you know, Biden would have been able to get a Supreme Court justice through by hook or by crook anyway, because a lot of rhinos would have, would have crossed over to vote for who, whoever he put up. But I want you to remember that um, he's been able to get a lot of insane people through to run things like the uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, various other agencies out there. Um, he's been able to get, the first thing they did was spend 3 or $4 trillion, which we're all paying for. Um, he was able to get a lot of things through. I mean, just for the fact, <clears throat> but for the fact that Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, the Senate, I mean, they would have basically ruined the country by now. And it all goes back to that, because if we even win one of those, and you got to remember, I think we lost both of them by, you know, 10,000 or so, not, not much more than that in either case. And that was critical. But going back to the point I wanted to make here, I want you to remember, he's basically saying we're going to hear those objections. And so there's a couple of points I want you to understand about all this. And it's very important. One of first and foremost is everybody knew at this point, here he is saying it out loud in Georgia, everybody knows 
that the objections are coming. We're going to hear the objections. We had six of them ready to go. Not me, but you know what I mean. We had, Trump had six ready to go. Now, if you're a Democrat, the last thing you might want to happen in two days from what Pence is talking is for those irregularities to be debated in Congress, right? I know you know you think, oh, the media's on our side. They'll bury it, but they still, they just didn't want it. That's more than enough time to get a false flag, to get somebody in there, to get a Ray Epps, to go, we got to get into the Capitol tomorrow, et cetera, right? So I just want you to be aware of that. And um, I just thought it was another really good example of where um, everybody knew where things were. We talk a lot about this now. And January 6th has made a lot of hay. And believe me, I, I, I've live-streamed all eight of them. and watched every minute of it in detail. And I have a huge outline, about 50 pages, where I've been taking voluminous notes. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out to some people to try to bring them on the YouTube channel so that we can, um, we're going to try to think about, we're thinking about going back through all eight episodes, but making short so that you can come in in 25, 30 minutes maybe. Um, maybe maybe even do a shorter and then a short of a short, depending on how much you want to get. Because there really wasn't much substance to those. I think in 20, 25 minutes, you could tell people what the quote-unquote um, new uh, you know narrative was. But I want, I, you always have to remember that back then you weren't hearing a lot about this. What you were hearing January 6th at this time was the riot. Okay, that's what you were hearing about, right? The insurrection. You weren't hearing so much about the challenge under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. But so I thought that was really important. And obviously, Posobiec did too. He's tweeting it out there. So um, this is out of order. <laughs> Forgive me, folks. Um, again, I'm not quite 100% here. But um, anyway, this is Fauci today. And then this is Fauci then. And I just want you to remember, folks, th- th- these people should not feel this comfortable going on uh, broadcasts and media and wherever they go and just outright lying. Okay, and this is a lie. And the reason I'm not a mind reader, but, you know, I don't need to get into the head of somebody to know uh, as intelligent and educated as Fauci to know that he's just, you know, um, being dishonest here. But but and the reason he's being dishonest, I want you to understand it's it's often difficult in the heat of moment, you know, in the fog of war to catch this stuff. Um, and, And I want you to understand, think about how petty a person you have to be. Right. I mean, if I'm Fauci and you're going to hear him in a minute, but he's basically going to say, I, I, I didn't recommend locking anything down. Then he's going to say, uh, basically, we're going to go back to in time. And he said, lock it down. Now, I want you to understand how easy is it for a person of good faith and a good heart to just go, you know what? I, I made a mistake. I, that's you know, I just I, I, I did the best I could at the time. You got to understand this was a, you know, uh, a hundred year virus. I'm not a hundred. So this is the first time I'd ever seen anything like this. I mean, blah, 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 blah. But sit down at your desk for 10 or 15 minutes and write it. on. That's how you do it, folks. You write it on a note card. I kid you not. I go to trial sometimes. I do these things that are going to be uh, important for the trial. I make sure I've got them memorized so that just bam, I just come to me. Right. And he got them right there. So you don't so you don't freeze like a deer in headlights. It's not hard. Right. But the reason he doesn't do it is because he's a narcissist. He's not a decent human being. Right. He's never going to admit he's wrong. Now, folks, I'm not saying you have to be a good human being. You you absolutely don't. I mean, you can go out and be a bad human being. What I'm saying is you don't put people like that in power. And if you make the mistake of putting them in power, you get them out of power as soon as possible. And what I'm also saying is this country now is absolutely seeing people like that. And one group of people, by the way, not us, want them in power. Want to go, oh, my God, that's, that's, keep them in power. And we are sitting there going, we're horrified. 
right? That's the main divide in our country. Anyway, here's Dr. Fauci. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency mm -hmm. that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations. It, it was a decision. Right, before he gets there, one of the other reasons they do this, okay, is most of us, not me because I'm a freak, but most people are wired um, to trust people. And so when they hear that from somebody, their brain will go, well, I'm, I thought he said that, but meh, maybe, maybe I'm misremembering, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, because most people are wired to be good people and trust people, right? And so that's part of the reason he gets away with it. One, that he's a bad person. Then two, you're a good person. Anyway, it's another important point. To make a recommendation to the president, it wasn't my decision that I could implement. And when it became clear that when we had um, community spread, <laughs> in the country Sorry, with a few cases of community spread. This was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the Northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Anyway, so um, there you have it, folks. Same guy, same voice, same everything. So, And one of the things I remember about the whole COVID nonsense and it still bothers me to this day is, you know, I thought at that point that, you know, and, and again, I think every, we should have every reason to believe this, that they have a virus plan. And, you know, it's in the drawer, the third drawer down on the right, right? It's in there, you know, virus plan, whatever. And you pull it out and then you go, okay, here's the basics that we've learned all these hundreds of years, right? If you're in England or France, you know, all these thousands of years, as the case may be. And then you tweak it. Right. You know, so I, I'm imagining if there is a, you know, a battleship flotilla headed towards um, the West Coast and we get radar notice of it, I'm guessing they got a battle plan. <laughs> they pull it out the same drawer, you know, they're different drawer, right? You know, you got viruses, one drawer, you got battle plans on the other drawer and you pull it out and you go, here's the basics. Well, sir, um, these are faster than the ships there. OK, well, let's account for that, you know, or that they're bigger and they have bigger guns. OK, then account for that. But it's not like we start from scratch, like we never heard of it before. This can't be the first virus, right? And I know it's not. And so that should tell you something that, that Fauci felt like, oh, well, um, now that I saw the spread, well, wait a minute, sir. This can't be the first spread that's ever happened, right? You people are scientists, right? And that should tell you more than you need to know. All right, so um, apparently there's been a leak and folks, I, I want you to understand, I, you know, I don't really make this clear enough, but, you know, leaks are felonies. So I want you to, from now on, every time you hear the word leak, so-and-so leak, I want you to hear felony. So people in our government, and this has been going on, I think it was the um, inspector general came out with this. Midway through Trump's term, he came out with a report. And, of course, the, the, the media was implicated, so they ignored it, where he basically said, you know, the spy agencies and federal government are way too cozy with the press. And the press is giving them money and tickets and lavish parties and vice versa. And so they got this little thing going where they leak stuff and then the press gives them money for the leaks and they run with it. And this is really not good. And the whole country just yawned. And this is disturbing stuff. It shouldn't be happening. But anyway, so next time you hear leak, I want you to hear felony. So CNN's out there committing felonies or people or who are leaking it are also committing felonies. Anyway, here's what they have to say about the... Um, 
the leak at the Supreme Court. Take a listen. We're beginning this hour with new CNN reporting that takes us behind the scenes, revealing just how close the Supreme Court came to saving Roe v. Wade. According to multiple sources, Chief Justice John Roberts fought to the bitter end trying to convince his fellow conservative justices to preserve the constitutional right to abortion. But it was the unprecedented leak of a draft opinion reversing Roe that may have doomed Robert's efforts. New details obtained by CNN reveal the high-stakes internal abortion rights drama that intensified in April when the justices first learned the draft opinion would soon be published. Tensions over the fate of Roe were only heightened by an investigation into the source of the leak that diminished whatever chance Roberts had to dislodge the five-justice block set to overturn the abortion ruling. Joining us to share her fascinating new reporting here is CNN legal analyst Joan Biskupic. All right, now before Joan starts, I, I, I want you to understand what you just heard there, right? I mean, you know, with all the nice production and the music and the stuff I don't have on the show, for, I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that much more alluring in my view. But you may disagree. But anyway, whatever. So got all that stuff, you know, all this fancy stuff. And at the end of the day, they've talked to a couple of people. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's the high school rumor mill, <laughs> you know, all dressed up. And this woman's going to come on, and you know. All production and stuff. And, and, and the reason I point this out, folks, is not so much to criticize CNN, but to, send, to criticize the people that listen to CNN. I mean, there's nothing new here. I mean, I'm sure that these whispers were heard months ago, months before that, months before that, months before that, months before that. I mean, they're all in D.C. They're all married to each other. They're all having sex with each other. They're all at parties. I mean, give me a break. I mean, it's not like you you haven't learned anything new here. You just decided to run a story. And this is how fake news gets created. I mean, at the end of the day, we should all be rolling our eyes. But anyway, let's listen to this person and see if she's got an ax to grind. Tell us how hard he was fighting to bring some folks over to his side. Oh, and by the way, before I, they get started, I mean, the idea that John Roberts is a politician and that John Roberts was trying to convince people to forego the Constitution and do what he thought was politically practical, that's news to you. I mean, where you been? I mean, we gave up on John Roberts like uh, six months into his term. I mean, the guy's a political hack. That's all he'll ever be. Now, he, and he used to be less of a political hack, to be honest. I mean, early on, he actually was a political hack, but at least you know cast the right vote. Now, oftentimes, he casts the wrong vote. Um, anyway, uh, let's see if she's got an Instagram, as I said. Good morning, Brianna and John. Extremely hard. He was trying week after week after the initial vote in December after oral arguments in which five of the justices on the far right voted to overturn Roe. Roberts was alone. Now, you heard that far right. Five justices on the far right. Now, I don't know what that is, but if you think Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh are far right, you don't understand what right means and you certainly don't understand what far means in the middle wanting to uphold this mississippi 15-week ban on abortions but not go further than roe and then of course you had the three uh liberals saying we don't want to do any of this we don't want to disrupt abortion rights at all okay so the three liberals why aren't they far left liberals why aren't they the far left and again just so you understand to be honest and, and i'm honest with you the uh, three justices that she's referring to, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer, at this point in their careers are extremely far left. I mean, left of left of left of left of left. I mean, Thurgood Marshall is about as left as them. I mean, he hated the Constitution. He hated America. He hated white people. 
Um, and so, you know, if you look at his career, he just voted basically as a communist pretty openly so his entire career. But, you know, up until really him, you didn't have people that, well, maybe uh, uh, William O. Douglas and some of those. But, but basically most people, these justices you see now, they are not even pretending that there's a constitution. I mean, we've seen decision after decision after decision, especially during COVID. COVID's what ripped the veil off of that. It really did. Because until COVID, you know, the government wasn't trying to do crazy stuff <laughs> like, well, here's a savings clause on, you know, one paragraph of one sentence buried in a 500 page bill. And basically now we can make you wear a mask. What? I mean, give me a break. I mean, that, that's not an, that's not an act of Congress about masks or, you know, they're mad about not being able to do all this Green New Deal stuff, and they try to go back to the Clean Air Act of 1963. And the Clean Air Act, of course, doesn't mention it and go, well, here's a savings clause in a paragraph midway through it. And, and, and again, I've said this many a time. You know, even Sotomayor and Kagan have always been kind of left from the very beginning. Breyer was left from the beginning, but he was never a radical lefty. If you look at his career, and I've followed his entire career, I remember in law school, I've told this story many a time. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast uh, slash live stream for a long time. I've heard it many a time. Clinton got two justices. The first one at that point was basically a, like Biden. He had already said he's going to do a black female. Well, Clinton had said he was going to do a female. So when the first one came up, no one was under any illusions that it was going to be the most qualified. Now, it might have been. Might Coincidentally, the woman might also be the most qualified. But in fact, as it turned out, she wasn't. Nobody, not even her greatest advocates, suggested that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the most qualified person. What they kind of suggested was she was the most, quote-unquote, deserving person, or she was the best person. No one thought she was any kind of scholar or anything like that. So anyway, so that, that, that you know, got out. that She got nominated, yada, yada. She was confirmed, I think, 98 to 0. And um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, now, when he got a second one, that was basically was like, okay, n- n- no strings attached to this one. I'm going to go out and get the best person. And every person, I remember it was 1994 in law school, maybe 95, but everybody – they just, all the lefties in law school, oh, my God, Breyer is brilliant. He's going to go toe-to-toe with Scalia. It is going to be battle royale. And, and I remember at the time rolling my eyes going, uh, well, he can't because Scalia's right. And so unless he's going to agree with Scalia, you know. But anyway, they all thought Breyer was the most brilliant person in the world. And the Breyer doctrine early on was basically um, extreme left, uh, leftist constitutional, quote-unquote, jurisprudence. But basically the people could override it. Right. So he, for example, when the lefties were all against California saying uh, like, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman or we're not going to give we're not going to give benefits to illegals. The conservatives would go, well, of course, illegals have no rights in the Constitution. Give me a break. And the liberals are going, well, of course, um, uh, liberals have, um, you know, uh, rights under the Constitution because we don't believe in it anyway. And we do whatever politically is expedient for us. And then Breyer was in the middle going. Yeah, I don't think you have rights. You know, you may or you may not. I don't know. But if the legislature, if the people basically say they're not going to give you something, we'll uphold that. So where the liberals were striking it down, he was joining the conservatives and saying, well, under this bizarre doctrine that doesn't really have anything to do with the Constitution. So anyway, I tell you all that, tell you this. He was not a radical lefty. But now, after COVID, after the lurch of the Democrats towards the left, Breyer is as left as you can get. I mean, they, put it this way, as right as Thomas and Alito are on their constitutionalism, the left is as far left. So if you're going to use the term, and I don't like the term, but if you're going to use it, use it um, honestly. Roberts keeps trying, and it's interesting, Brianna, that not only uh, did his work affect, you know, his efforts toward 
uh, the two newest justices, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, but it had an effect on the others. The hard right justices became concerned that he could be successful. You know, the chief has himself switched votes in the past, and he has also been able to pick off uh, justices on the— All right, folks, this is a nothing story. I, 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 the reason I wanted to cover it is, is what I did, is that just they're making up news, and then they're making up terminology, and they're turning the Supreme Court into something out of high school, which, you know, probably isn't going to work out well for anybody. So this has been going on for a while. I've been waiting for a slow news day. Uh, to put it in the can. So Jamie Raskin, uh, he ran in 2016. He's in a Democrat district. So basically, once you've got the D behind your name, you can be a, a glass of water and you'll beat um, Abraham Lincoln there. <laughs> it's just that bad. You know, I mean, JFK got no chance if you put a Republican beside his name there. And Raskin is the new type of Democrats. And I, I want to bring him to your attention because, you know, AOC and Cori Bush and mostly minority people get a lot of the press's attention. And they're rabid communists and they're crazy and all this stuff. But Jamie Raskin looks to be my age or older. Um, I'm, he, he might I'm not he might technically be a minority because he's Jewish. Um but um, Jamie Raskin is just as insane as any of these other people. Now, he's a trained lawyer, all right? And he's not insane. He knows better. You can tell he knows better. But he's basically one of these persons that is encouraged to be insane because of the system, right? Now, you know, he got created in this environment. In this environment, let me make the point more clear. 20, 30 years ago, Raskin probably would have run for office and would have play, would have been a lot more circumspect and a person that you could talk to and reason with. It wouldn't scream and yell and form January. He's part of the January 6th committee, a very prominent part of it. He wouldn't form these unconstitutional committees and brag about it, right? And I want you to understand, until we fix this environment, we have no hope in our system. Because you're going to have the AOCs and the Cory Bushes and the crazy Bernies and these people. They're going to be there regardless, right? But what's going to happen is when you have good, decent people who could otherwise, you know, be rational, they're going to be encouraged to be irrational and act this way by the system, right? And so let's take a listen to uh, Jamie Raskin here. He's talking about the Second Amendment, and you'll you'll catch it, maybe you won't, but anyway, I'll, I'll make sure you catch it when it's all said and done. But the left loved this. It was going on about, it was making the ways... Uh, on the internets about, I don't know, a week ago or something. Again, it wasn't important enough for me to put it in the can, but I, I noted the problem with it for a variety of reasons. And uh, Spoiler alert, folks. It's not because what he says about the Second Amendment is a lie and false. Something else going on here. Take a listen. Who's an able-bodied person? I'm not going to yield, but I'm coming to you right now. My friend from, from Texas, Mr. Roy, advances the so-called insurrectionist view of the Second Amendment, that the Second Amendment's purpose is to give the people the right to overthrow or fight our government or fight the police or threaten armed resistance if the government is somehow being unfair or unjust. This reading is totally, absolutely absurd and flies in the face of the plain text of the Constitution, which in at least five different places clearly forbids armed violent resistance to the government. The Republican Guarantee Clause in Article 4, Section 4 provides that the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or the executive against domestic violence. This was put in the Constitution specifically in response to Shays' Rebellion and armed resistance to the government of the United States, which the founders strongly opposed. Here's another provision the gentleman from— All right, let me just debunk this before he goes too far into this. Um, you think maybe when they put that in there about domestic violence, they were talking about 
the government going door to door and systematically um, uh, violating the rights of their people? Or do you think maybe they were talking about something like Shays Rebellion, which was a, a few people attacking the legitimate government? Do you think maybe they had something different in their mind? And again, just to show you the trick here that he does, I mean, of course they did. So you take one little thing, you extrapolate it, and this is what they do all the time, okay? They do this. They go, it's absurd and ridiculous. It's an absurd reading and a ridiculous reading. Not one which, hey, how do you deal with this, sir? Why is this clause in here if you're able to overthrow your government? Why? Explain to me why this is here, right? Anyway, he'll continue for a little bit more. Should consider before cavalierly suggesting in public that citizens somehow have a constitutional right to use arms against our government and our police. Article 3. No one suggested that they did. But what about the government coming after us? Do we have a right to use them then? See, he, he doesn't deal with that. Section 3, Clause 1 states, in the only constitutional passage that defines a crime, treason against United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Armed insurrection and violence against the United States is plainly making war against our government and thus is an act of treason. And I could cite all of the other ones. And what do they have against this? A quote from Patrick Henry, an anti-federalist who opposed the Constitution precisely because he thought it gave too much power to the federal government and didn't endow the people with a right of violent resistance against the government of the United States. That's not constitutional law. That's a constitutional joke. I yield back to you, Mr. Chairman. All right, so we're all jokes, and he's yielded back to the chairman. And what do we have? Well, we we have Patrick Henry, who didn't believe in the Constitution, which I don't know where he comes up with that. It's also false. But let's go back to the beginning. Who's an able-bodied person? I'm not going to yield, but I'm coming to you right now. I'm not going to yield, but I'm coming to you. In other words, I'm not going to debate you. No, I will not yield, right? And the way that works is you yield. I say something, you respond to it, right? Jamie Askin's not going to do that. He's just like the January 6th committee. And I want you to understand that, folks. This is not AOC. This is not somebody who's out on the edges. This is mainstream Democrat now. I will not debate you. I will not listen. I will not yield. I will spend my entire time on a diatribe making sure that what you say, again, is a joke. By the way, I'm not going to hear from you, of course, to what you say. I'm going to paint what you say, and then it's a joke, absurd, right? And completely against him. That's the modern Democrat Party. That's what you're dealing with. Now, there's nothing you can do about that. So anyway, if you're on the YouTubes now, you are watching a video and there's no sound to this. But this was I thought was pretty fascinating. Let me describe it to the people who can't see it. This is uh, tanks, jeeps, uh, all clearly inflatable being taken down during World War II by soldiers. And obviously it's meant to show um, that there are uh, soldiers and not only soldiers, but equipment in an area where it really isn't. Anyway, it's basically also known as a false flag. I thought it was pretty fascinating. <clears throat> anyway, so anyway, so uh, we got to move on because people can't hear things even from YouTube. This is a speech by Rakin. Take a listen. By its very existence and character. 1987. Remains the most compelling argument for an open world. We're reminded of the many traditions of openness and democracy that have marked the history of this city. America missed me. <laughs> anyway, that's the Gipper reacting to a balloon. And I wanted to put those in there real quick because I want to remind you what a false flag is, folks. I know you see it on the camera. I know you see jeeps, you see tanks, you see uh, anti-aircraft artillery. You see that. But you don't know it's real, okay? That was the U.S. Army, World War II, 
they were aware of that technology back then. I'm sure they were aware of it before then. You've watched the movie Braveheart. You see the types of things they did, right? And you see the Gipper there. Again, I, listen, a lot of people underrated his uh, political gifts. He was very, very quick on his feet. I could tell you the story about uh, when he got shot. Well, I'll tell you the story because he goes there. And before he went under, he, um, he said to the doctors, I hope, that, I hope you're Republicans. And the doctors responded, um, sir, today we're all Republicans. Anyway, so the guy was very, very quick. But you don't know that that was real. I mean, somebody could have planned that. Hey, we're going to have a balloon pop. And when we do pop and you go, ah, you missed me. And the crowd will laugh and it'll be great, right? You just don't know. Anyway, that was in my feed. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Matt Gates has is going out there saying this recently. And a friend of the show sent it to me. And, um, folks, you should know I don't like this. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it helps. Anyway, here it is. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that based uh, off... Anyway, folks, um, the left is, of course, beside themselves. Now, I don't know why, because they, they engage in this stuff all the time. But, folks, for those on the right that are, are you know, in the Constitution or, you know, reality, that are, that are celebrating this, folks, it's not funny. And as I say all the time... Um, this type of behavior, they love it because they want this. They want it to be personal. They want it to be emotional. Listen, you shouldn't be picking on the physical uh, nature of the people at those rallies. You really shouldn't. So um, headline out there, fact sheet, Department of Energy releases new notice of sale as gasoline prices continue to fall. Treasury Department estimates that Strategic Petroleum Reserve releases by President Biden and international partners reduce the price of gasoline by up to 40 cents per gallon. Today, that would be July 26, otherwise known as today, uh, the Biden administration announced it is releasing the next notice of sale to supply folks. Um, this is how you lose your republic. It is a strategic, right, strategic petroleum reserve. It is there to keep it in case we need it, all right? Temporary price hikes are not an emergency. Even if it is, this is like the fifth or sixth. At this point, all this is be- being done not to help the country is to help Biden fight off, you know, him not doing something about gas prices. All right. It's a hoax. It's a gimmick. And again, I say this all the time. It's not so much where you are. It's where you're headed. That's what's so dangerous about this. We're headed towards continuing to do things that are bad for the country. Right. It needs to stop. Why is it not stopping? Because the media is not saying anything about it. They're not portraying it properly. I mean, at this point, one a person who's rational has to wonder if if. President Biden isn't truly just trying to drain the thing. But anyway, um, so uh, Vice President Harris is out there, and um, I, I brought this out mainly just because we hadn't heard from Kamala in a while, and uh, she had to say this about the abortion. We don't wade into the abortion stuff that much just because you folks know I don't like it. Um, and, and, and constitutionally, we finally got the right constitutional answer, and if you're in a state Go deal with it on your state level. If you're concerned about people being able to get access to abortions one way or another, there are a lot of groups that do that. Go donate money. At this point, no one should ever need or you know health care and, and be able and go without it, especially as it relates to some things. Because we've got a country that has a, com, a incredible communication infrastructure and an incredible infrastructure to get money around to get people the knowledge and health care that they need. So I don't like the abortion debate because, frankly, it's one of those things that should have already been solved. I mean, yesterday we did a video 
of um, a Frigidaire that is far more advanced than any of the Frigidaires that we uh, that we have today. And somebody pointed out that maybe it was a hoax. And you know what? Again, it could be a false flag. I don't know. I mean, certainly looked genuine. Maybe it didn't. But um, it certainly looked like things that were doable, which makes me think it's not a hoax. But anyway, so um, Vice President Harris is out there talking about this because, again, the Democrat Party thinks they're going to win in November. Uh, based on January 6th and abortion. And I keep forgetting the third one, Texera, but he called him the party of abortion January 6th, um, I guess in climate change, maybe the third. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, I want you to listen to the way that she talks about this. And we're going to break it down as she discusses it and, and explain to you why it's pertinent and important. But um, for those of you who are listening and aren't on the, uh, the YouTube or the Rumbles, uh, you, you should be able to hear it. But she's wearing a mask. Now, folks, why is she wearing a mask? But anyway, here she is. One does not have to abandon your faith or your beliefs to agree that the government should not be making this decision. Okay. Um, Now, folks, we're going to get to Christians in a minute with Rachel Maddow. But again, I'm not a very religious person. I don't have a problem with religion. I was raised Presbyterian. I just I don't go to church. Not not my thing. But I have no problem with it. I don't have a problem with it in American life. I think by and large, religion does a lot of really really good things. But I do know enough about this about religion that if you believe it is a human life, right? Um, yeah, I don't think you should be able to kill it. Now again, folks, we ought to be intelligent enough to be able to just hear that have respect for it, and then move on. But you see, the vice president of the United States says, oh, you don't have to choose between your faith. She's lying to you. Now, again, Kamala, if you don't have any faith, if you don't believe it, like me, right, then don't get in there and don't say anything. But don't act like you don't know that there's a choice there. For her. An individual should be able to choose based on their personal beliefs and the dictates of their faith, but the government should not be telling an individual, what to do, especially as it relates to one of the most intimate. Okay. Now, again, folks, um, this is what's so laughable. That's a Democrat. The government shouldn't be able to tell you what to do, especially as to what? You've spent the last couple years telling people what to do about every single solitary thing out there, from a mask to a vaccine to staying at home, all this crap. I mean, folks, where, how have we gotten to the point where, I mean, that's laughable. Even if you're a Democrat, you'd be like, mm, uh, Miss Vice President, we, 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 need to, we, we need to rewrite that. We need to work. We need some outtakes like Trump because this isn't going to work. None of this makes any sense. Well, you know why. Anyway, so I'm going to leave you with this. This is Rachel Maddow, what she's running with lately. Have you ever heard of a man named Gerald L.K. Smith? No, because no one has. Uh, If you haven't, you are forgiven. He is no longer a famous figure. But in his day, he was a famous-ish guy, a uh, preacher and political figure. At one point, he ran for Senate in Michigan as a Republican. In 1944, he ran for president against FDR. He ran on the ticket of the America First Party, which he had founded. Uh, Gerald L.K. Smith did not get far with that presidential bid or with the Michigan Senate bid as a Republican either. Then why are we talking about it? If Gerald L.K. Smith is remembered for anything today, it's probably mostly for this. This is a statue that he erected in Arkansas in the 1960s. It's called Christ of the Ozarks. Uh, Christ of the Ozarks was the subject of a huge, a suspiciously huge fundraising operation by Gerald L.K. Smith. 
Um, he died in 1976, but that, that statue still stands in Arkansas today. But Gerald L. K. Smith um, is about to have another moment in the public eye. All right, folks, we're running out of time, so I'm going to have to cut to the chase. He basically uh, had a movement called Christian Nationalism, and she wants you to be afraid of Christians. Because Christians have out there, and they've done all these terrible things to the country. For example, they, and then they, and you should be afraid of them. Anyway, you're now all caught up on the news of the day, and if you enjoyed this live stream, I hope you tune back in tomorrow.